0: 1920s. New chapters are added weekly so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits.
1: What's up, everyone? I'm Noah Daniels. Hey, y'all, I'm JJ. And oh, and hey is...
2: guys, it's Kat. It's me, I Kat.
1: I was not ready for that (laughs) No, Kat is not here We will miss her, but she'll be back for the next one (laughs) On this episode, we are excited to have Lindsay Lindsay has a podcast that she's going to tell us about It is all about a haunted house And not just any haunted house It's about a haunted house that she spent some time in It's called The Chilling Podcast You can also find her on that same Instagram name Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on the podcast
3: Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for having me
1: yeah, absolutely. So one thing we love to find out from our guests is where they kind of fall on what we call the Believo meter. Zero meaning they don't believe in ghosts and 10 ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you fall on that scale?
3: Oh, I'm a 10 for sure. I'm an 11 wow. actually. If, if it goes a little higher,
1: Whoa. I go to an
3: 11. You're just yeah.
2: going to break the dial and go all the way. All up. the way. You are yeah. the spinal tap of believing in ghosts.
3: 100%. Does it go to 11? Yes.
2: <laughs> it can. Well, I know that
1: I, I was like going through your social media and listening to your podcast and. I saw a picture on your Instagram and obviously we'll, we'll go through your full story, but just to let our fans know, this is some of the kind of content you can find. It was really interesting. It was a picture of you in front of the home and it really looked like there was like a ghost face coming through the middle of the door and like skeleton fingers and all kind of crazy stuff. Can you tell us about that?
3: Yeah, so uh, not, well, it's a little bit of a spoiler, I guess, but the picture actually isn't of me, but it's of someone else who lived in the home. And when the podcast came out, she touched base with me and she basically said, you know, I was feeling nostalgic when the show came out. So I went back and looked at old photos and there's my favorite photo of me from college. And it's actually on the very first day she moved into the house and her dad took it of her. And she's actually on the phone, I think with like the cable company having some sort of dispute. And she like throws up a peace sign to her dad as she's like arguing with the the people on the phone. When she was looking at it after the show came out, she was like, what's in the window? So she like, you know, took a a screenshot of it, I think, and then zoomed in and zoomed in. And then she texted me and she's like, dude, what are you seeing? And I was like, well, I see a face in one window and I see a hand and it's almost mimicking you. And, you know, she said it best. She was like, the ghost was like, what's up, bitch. Welcome to hell. Like, you know, like day one, welcome to the house. Um, But like, I think that that's very telling of the entity that was in the house, because quite frankly, that's the kind of stuff that being would do would literally be looking through the door and, you know, mocking someone essentially. It's Mm -hmm. so it's so creepy
2: are you sure that the, the hand wasn't just like the reflection of her own hand in the window or? So,
3: so good news for everyone. So um, my former in my former life, I was a, uh, a photographer, a really high-end photographer. Oh, so
2: okay. I know a lot
3: about Photoshop and reflections and removing stuff. So, I mean, I looked at, through it very closely. I zoomed in, I tried to see like, okay, is this like a reflection of something across the street? Is it her dad like holding the camera somehow? Like I really like analyzed it Mm. and either it's just an anomaly so you could say okay it's just something weird or it is what it is and I looked it over more times than I can say my my hubby who also uh is a professional in that regard he looked it over he goes there's no logical explanation and I know um what's across the street from the home at that height there's nothing that could really do that shape just super creepy yeah
1: I did kind of jump in the middle. So why don't you start us off? Like what inspired you to do this podcast on this house? Can you tell us about the history of it and kind of how it all got going?
3: So yeah, so I lived in this house, geez, I'm going to be an old lady here, but almost close to 20 years ago. When we lived there, the haunting was atrocious and we can go into that, but um, you know, it never, I never got over it. So then when COVID hit, I had extra time and I just thought, you know, Everybody always told me, a lot of the people I work with in New York or on the West Coast said, you should write a book or a movie script about what happened. And I thought, screw that, I love podcasting, I'm gonna make a podcast. So um, I had to teach myself everything, but a big part of it for me was gathering as many interviews with as many people as I could And then also um, doing as much research on the home and property as I could as well. Um, Because at the end of the day, you know, for example, one of my best friends and my um, brother-in-law, they don't believe in this stuff. And so I also wanted to make it a podcast where if you don't believe, I'm trying to figure out what else could have caused this outside mm. of just going, oh, it was a ghost or, you know, a demon. Um, I wanted to go, okay, there's got to be other logical explanations if you don't believe in this stuff. So I pursued a lot of that as well. And then I started interviewing experts and talking to people and just trying to figure out what happened, why me? Why was this so bad and so scary? And then as I kept digging, you know, when I found out history about the home and then when I found out that I wasn't alone... Um, in this happening. And the numbers started to stack up. I went, okay, I think this is a real thing. Like, I think there's no question that this house is like horrifically haunted.
2: Hmm. So this was a, a house you lived in in college, right? Mm hmm. Okay. So were there like a lot of college students kind of, you know, over the years, like coming in and out of the house, like living there for brief stints?
3: Yeah. So, you know, interestingly enough, I worked with this amazing historian in the city um, and she dug up everyone who has ever lived in the home in the entire history of the house. So. Anyone she could find anything out on, we found out. In the early years, it was mostly families. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually it got turned into more of like a college home. Right. But in between that, it was like, for example, it, I found out it was a frat house in the 80s. But then in like the 90s, a family lived there. And when we met with the landlords, they were like very particular. So no matter really? who lived there, college students are not. Oh, yeah. College students are not. I mean, they grilled you. So when I went to, we went to rent the house, they never left us alone. So when we went to see the house, they escorted us room by room. Like and I remember almost Mm -hmm. going in a room alone and they said wait, 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 don't go alone. And so they would like follow us in each room and never really let us like wander the house alone at all. And I remember when they showed us the basement, they wanted us in and out of there so fast Um, and just different parts of the house. And I thought, oh, that's really weird. And they asked a lot of personal questions. Just really strange stuff. And I remember after we met with them, like my two roommates were like, that was really weird, wasn't it? And I was like, yeah, but I guess that's what you do when you rent an apartment or a house. And then I found out later, no, that's not how it really Uh... works. You fill out out some forms, they look some stuff up and you move in. There's none of this like, can't wander around the house by yourself. So it was very strange experience
1: I would love to hear like what your earliest haunting was there
3: the biggest one and it started the very first day for me I had a dream and I woke up from the dream it was so scary and I went back to sleep and the dream restarted from the beginning Mm -hmm. and then I woke up again and it started again and I thought well I've never had that happen before like this is weird and the next night comes, same dream, next night, same dream, next week, every day. For the entire time I live in the house, I have one dream and only one dream. And I've never experienced anything like that before or since. And at first I kind of felt like, okay, like this feels like this isn't normal. <laughs> like I was like, this just doesn't feel normal. And it was really terrifying. But I thought,, oh, okay, like that's strange, but not the end of the world. And then little stuff started happening right after that. So day one starts with this nightmare. But then it became kind of the classic stuff, like feeling like you're being watched. You would get I would get that feeling. Um, and often, like if I went up to it because I'd be like, I just feel like there's something there. And I would put my hand and it would be like cold air. And I would think, well, that's really strange, you know, like that's weird. Like it's such Mm. a different temperature. And this is like well before ghost shows are what they are now. And, you know, slowly but surely, like these little things kept happening where, you know, a door would just open. You know, early on, we all just thought, oh, it must be bad. Like, you know, it's an old house, whatever. Right. But like imagine just like you're sitting there and your kitchen cabinet just like swings open and you just kind of look and go, that's weird. Okay. You shut it. And you're like, all right. And then all of a sudden, like another door like slowly creaks open. And and things like that, like really small, were constantly happening right out the gate. But my roommate, one of them never believed in ghosts or anything ever. So trying to bring it up to her, she was just like, Come on, you watch too many scary movies. Like get over it. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. Like these things don't exist, you know? And I'm like, okay, I can't really talk to her. And immediately my other roommate who lived at the bottom of the stairs, who was one of my best friends, starting on the first day as well, she just locked herself in a her room and wouldn't come out. And this oh. was not like this person, like locked herself in, never came out. And so I couldn't talk to her either. I'm thinking, well, I can't talk to anybody. So the first major, major thing that happened that really was like, okay, like beyond the, the crazy dream, my my now husband, then boyfriend was sleeping over and I hadn't wanted to really tell anybody yet that I like knew the house was haunted because, you know, people are going to think you're nuts. We're in bed and I just remember it was October and I we woke up and in October in Kent, Ohio, it was, it's, it's cold. I mean, you're not going to have a fan on, but I heard my little oscillating, like, you know, those fans that turn that's like on a stand and I heard the sound of it clicking on and then I actually felt the fan blowing on the bed and I could hear it moving side to side. So I'm like, Jesus, it's cold in here. Like, why is the fan on? Hmm. So I wake up my, my boyfriend, Adam, and I'm like, Hey, get up. And uh, he's like, what? I'm like, did you turn the fan on? He's like, what are you talking about? No. And he's like, oh, it's cold. And he, so he turned on the lamp next to my bed. And when he turned on the lamp, the, the fan wasn't on. So I was like, okay. So and at that point, I'm full on like, oh, shit, the ghost is in the room again. You know, this is happening. Oh, God. (laughs) But I still didn't say anything. I was just like, lay down and just like close your eyes, pretend this isn't Mm -hmm. happening. So we lay down and within like two minutes, you just hear the fan click on and you feel it again. And he hops up, turns on the light and is like, that's it, because he could feel it. And he walks over to the fan and then he just stops and like, just stands there for a second. And then he looks back at me and then he bends down and picks up the cord and the fan wasn't even plugged in.
1: Nope. I'm out. (laughs) Uh
3: I had a TV hooked up in my bedroom. And when the cable guy came, we back then, I guess how they did it, I can't, you know, it's been forever now. We've cable we have all these cool boxes and things now, but back then they had to use like cable wires all through your house. And right. we were only allowed to have for the package we were getting two um hookups of cable. So mm-hmm. there's gonna be one downstairs and one in one of my roommates' rooms or something. But the cable guy was, like, super nice. He's like, listen, I'm just going to run a cable up to your room because, like, you're all the way upstairs alone and, like, you need to have cable. And I was like, oh, thanks, cable guy. And so the way my TV was hooked up, he even explained it to me. He's like, you just have a direct link to cable, so... Like even if you go to turn your VCR back then my DVD player on, it's not going to go to like a, a static channel or you don't have to switch it. It's just going to turn on because I've basically illegally hooked up your cable and the way it's running through your. your I'm just thing. picturing
1: Jim Carrey now upstairs. <laughs> the in your- yeah, yeah. yeah. that's my age. yeah.
3: <laughs> and so he explained to me how it would work. I was like, okay, great. So and it worked exactly how he said. So. You know, it used to be that if I was gonna turn on my like DVD player or whatever, it would I'd have to go to like a different like TV input and it would go Mm -hmm. staticky and then I would go, but it didn't do that anymore. Um, so what started happening is you know, it'd be like the middle of the night and I'd be in a dead sleep and my TV would turn on to a static channel, full volume. I'm talking all the way turned up, and Uh I would jump out of my bed. And I would just be like, holy shit. And I would turn it off or like I would be getting changed. It was always that really weird moments. Like I would be like taking my shirt on or off and my TV in the middle of the day would just go on like static, full volume. And it would always be at times where it would just scare me to death. And I hmm. started recognizing that this isn't just like a random TV thing, because if it did, it would happen whenever it always happened when it would scare me. So like, I could be like going to leave my room and it would do it. Or like, and again, mostly when I was trying to sleep, it would go off all the time. Um, and I couldn't replicate it. And to turn my volume up that high, like, I mean, it could have blown out my TV speaker. You had to do it by hand on my TV or like with my remote, which didn't work very well. So I had to usually do it by hand on my TV Mm -hmm. and it would just do it all the time. And that was really the first thing I, I got it out of order. And then kind of the fan thing. But that all started like right away. And it was just so freaky.
1: Yeah. I would take my shirt off in college and my ghost would just
2: go, boo, and I'd I'd put it (laughs) back on. That that was not a ghost. That was just (laughs) your roommate. Those those are your roommates.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, that's certainly, I would say the beginning of a horror story in a home. So uh, how long were you physically in that home?
3: Just under a year um, because we couldn't get out of our rent. We couldn't afford to leave. And I, you know, my parents now feel like absolute garbage, but I would call them and I'd be like mom and dad because they lived in Florida at the time. And I was like, I am living in a haunted house and I need to leave and I need your help. And my mom would be like, we help you enough, like deal with it, stop exaggerating. (laughs) And I'd be like, mom, like I really need to get out of this house, like, you know, and my mom would be like, honey, just, you know, just suck it up. It, it's life. And I'm like, and now my mom, my parents listen to the podcast. And my mom's like, what is wrong with us as parents? Like you almost got like possessed by a demon and we're like, just deal with it, babe. You know, <laughs> like whatever. So it was just under a year. As soon as we could afford to get out of the lease and get into a new place, we left. Um, but we were stuck there a year and I knew it was like haunted immediately. So it was terrible.
1: Well, you spoke about the people who leased you the home or rented you the home you said they were acting like pretty peculiar do you think that they knew it was haunted
3: I did find out um not too much of a spoiler alert but from someone else who lived in the house Um, we had a lot of conversations over the course of I don't know a year or two um and he told me that the landlords f- flat out knew because people had mentioned it to them over the years, and they were fully aware that it was like really haunted. And mm. they were just the same deal, kind of like my parents. They were like, Deal with it. You rented it. Like, what do you yeah. want us to do? You know? Yeah. So I think that they definitely knew. And I think that it also explained like after we moved in, we could never get a hold of them either. Like, mm. we would send in our rent. And if we had an issue, like getting a hold of them was next to impossible. Um, And I just got this weird feeling like they just wanted nothing to do with us in the house at all.
1: So you had these like poltergeist type activities going in the home. (laughs) Did the home or the entity that was controlling these things, did it ever try to attack you or get physical with you?
3: Yeah, unfortunately, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and this is like super demented. This is like (laughs) another level, but as things amped up, I could tell it was getting worse in the house. Everybody's personalities were changing. My friend who was not coming out of her room ever. um, And she was hearing stuff all the time, which I didn't know really until I made the podcast um, because the house ended our friendship. We moved in. I had been friends with her since high school. We moved in. She went in the room, never came out. And when she was, she was furious. And then she moved out with really no explanation. And... When we talked about the house for the show, she was basically admitted like a lot of things that were happening that she realized didn't make any sense now, but she's like, but back then she was like, I was like livid, you know? So all these things, people's personalities, all this stuff's going on. One night I finished like my nightly routine and I brushed my teeth and this, that, and the other. And I go to leave the bathroom. Oh, it gives me the willies. And as I stepped to the bathroom door and I put my, fi- my hand on the light switch, I felt somebody step from behind me and press their body against my body.
1: Ugh. This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey, everyone, it's Noah Daniels, and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie, I'm right there with him.
0: shopify.com slash realm you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working eating or even listening to this podcast and however you shop we all know and love the thrill of the hunt but do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals because rakuten shoppers do
3: And I could feel it was a woman's body. And I and I thought, like the first thing I thought, because I love horror movies, I was just like, somebody has been hiding in the shower, which is like my biggest fear behind like a shower mm, curtain. Yeah. And they like stepped out. And I'm like, obviously it's like Reba or Amber, but I'm like, but why would they do that? Like to scare me, I guess, I don't know. And so the way that the bathroom was where the light switch was here, the mirror was right here. So I could actually see like myself, like the back of me a bit. So I remember I turned my head and there was nobody standing there. And when I turned back around, some, it exhaled on the back of my neck. Ugh. Ew. And my hair, I remember my hair moved. And, I, you know, your instinct is run, you know, yeah, run for your life. So I took off running and this thing, you know, I could hear it. That's, I think, one of the things that really freaked me out about this in general was just that I never saw it in the real world, only in my nightmare, but but I heard it chasing me. And there's nothing like, you know, that your heart rate's going. And I, and I went to run up my stairs and something grabbed my feet and tugged as I was running. And I remember going up the stairs running. I felt hands on my ankles and I felt them pull and I was running so fast that I hit my face like on the stairs mm. and I flipped over and I forgot why I was running because I thought I broke my nose. I remember I could taste like blood in my mouth and I like flipped oh. over and I was like touching my nose. So I'm like sitting on the stairs at my feet on the stairs so my legs. And as I was touching my nose, I like all of a sudden remembered, oh, my God, you're running because you're running from something and I look and I just see and I felt I felt something grab my leg, my, like my in between kind of like my shin and my ankle. And it tugged my leg and I saw my leg go straight. And then I literally went thump, thump, like down two steps. And I took off mm-hmm. and um went up to my room. And then it was just game on like that would happen. It could happen twice a week. It could happen once every other week. And it only happened when I really, I couldn't, predicted. And it was like waiting for the right time to really scare me. So then it just became a game. Like, can I run faster than it can get me? And there'd be times I'd be running up the stairs and I could feel its hands, like being pulled off of my legs. Like I could feel something grabbing me and then me pulling from it. And if I made it up the stairs to my room, like it couldn't really get a good grip on me, but I could feel it. And yeah, so it got very physical.
2: Yeah. Oh. We don't hear a lot of that from like, you know, people in haunted houses, like it kind of, a lot of our guests are like, but you know, like eventually I realized that it's not going to harm me. It's just scaring me, but like, it can't harm me or it can't touch me. I'm like, oh yeah. So I was kind of with your parents about the, like, not getting you out (laughs) of your lease early. It's like, "Eh, it's just going to open some cabinet doors, whatever. But God, that's scary. And it was
3: one of those things where like, I've had a lot of paranormal experiences in my life. And to that point, most of them, I think are harmless things trying to communicate or, you know, there's nothing really, I mean, it's just startling, you know, like if if something's trying to get your attention and it like pushes a book off your shelf, you know, that's going to startle you. And I think if you haven't had a lot of these experiences, it's going to freak you out. Definitely. I've had a lot. So stuff like that, usually I'm like, oh, it's haunted. But when it kicked up to this stuff, like the fan and the TV, and now this is when I was like, I don't think we're dealing with like just a ghost or something. Like, I think we're dealing with the D word. And I was like, oh shit, like, I don't want to go there, but I think maybe that might be happening. Some Um,
2: big demon energy in that house. Yeah. And I was
3: like, oh no. And um, yeah, so, so that's, yeah, definitely started getting really physical.
2: Did you, so you Yikes. mentioned the dreams
1: that you were having. Did you see the big D in your dream? Like what oh, what sure did it did. look like?
3: I have never in my life seen anything in a movie that's even close. Maybe sort of if anyone's familiar with the second conjuring movie mm-hmm. uh when the nun's face gets blown off at in, in that kid's room and that whole crazy scenes going on and people are flying all around, but there's a part where like that demon nun's face gets like blown off under its skin because its skin would come off in my dream. um, That's the closest thing I could say. It looked like I've never seen anything so friggin' scary. Like its face would essentially peel off and it was this decaying, matter but it was also like red and black like burnt like almost looked like the surface of like a really burnt marshmallow but red and black and then um its eyes were just horrifying um kind of like when you see like snake eyes or something sort of um and its teeth the thing I hated the most in my dream is it would like bite at my face and when it would it would break its own teeth off and like kind of spit them out on me so it would be like no <laughs> and then its teeth would break and it would like spit like it's broken mouth teeth like out on me mm. and it was just ugh. and That's i've never seen so uh, gross it's so gross and so scary
1: and you um, had that yeah. dream almost every night like that same... every night
3: for a year it's the only dream Jesus. i had and i and if i went to sleep mm. um I could not not have it. So sleeping became a huge problem for me because it was like I knew what I was going to be seeing and what I was going to mm. have to go through. Yeah. So I would try to keep myself up as much as I could. Um, I always joke I was like the kids from Nightmare on Elm Street, like in the old movies, like drinking pop and staying up all night yeah. and trying to like just stay awake because I knew okay, as soon as I fall asleep, we're going into it, and it would just be. And I've again who's even heard of that one dream on loop? Like, and if I woke up and went back to sleep, it just restarted from the beginning. And Mm. I would just be like, I can't deal with this. Like, I really felt like I was going crazy.
1: Did you ever try to challenge it? You know, because I know just say in life in general, when somebody gets bullied, usually there's a breaking point where they don't really care about the repercussions and they kind of fight back or at least that's what movies in the 80s taught me. Did you ever um did you ever reach that breaking point?
3: You know, like I wish I could say that I did. I wish that I did. There was a point in one of my dreams where other people in the house started being stuck with me on the couch. And in my dream I would start to kind of like push back. Um and that was it. But But, you know, it's interesting now because I've had other situations where I've sensed something negative or whatever, and I have no problem being like, just back off, like, you're not welcome here. But I honestly was, I didn't have the guts. I was so scared of whatever was in that house. And I've never felt that before since where I've been so frightened that I, I mean, we were so scared of it. Let's put it this way. That as a group, we came up with a policy, which was do not speak about it in the house. Um, if you And do not be home alone in the house. This is for everybody by the end. So like if you got there before someone else and you knew the house was empty, you just sat in your car. Didn't matter if you were hungry. Didn't matter if you had the homework to do. You just sat in your car, even in winter with it running and just waited for someone else to come home. And for wow. the most part, we started sleeping in, in one room or together together. Um, And if we needed to talk, like if there was, if you had an incident at the house or something happened, we would say, okay, let's go somewhere. We would go to a bar or something and we would talk about it there because we started to realize like the more we talked about it in the house, the more the activity picked up. Um, Mm. And it was really scary stuff. Like it really, it was really trying. The best way I can say, it it wasn't trying to get your attention. It was trying to scare you. Mm. And so I think we all just didn't have the guts. You know, it would be interesting now if I ever got access to go back into the house and had to experience it. I probably would be able to stand up for myself having time removed. But at the time, you're just in the suit, man. You just, yeah. you just try to get through it, you know?
1: I am curious. Is it? Do you know if it's still a rental or somebody own
2: it and live there?
3: Yeah, they do. And from what I do know that I found out, it is still haunted, yeah.
2: Yikes. How many people have you gotten to interview on your podcast who, who've who like lived there either before or after you?
3: I think I confirmed... I want to say, because I have a certain number of people that were willing to talk on the air with me uh-huh. and do live interviewing. Um, some people were only willing to communicate with me by like email or message. Um, and But I tallied up in total everyone I could find who had experiences and were willing to explain. And I think I got up to like 26 people.
2: Wow. That's um, did amazing. You have, did you have anyone be like, mm, no, nah, I wasn't. There wasn't anything.
3: You know, I would have people do like say weird things like um, the best way I can say it like is when you can tell that somebody definitely had something happen, but they don't want to talk about it. This is the way I look at it. Like someone said to me one time. Um, you know, I was really scared of the basement. And I was really scared of the house. But nothing happened. One person said that. And I said, Oh, yeah. really? And I was like, but you were scared of the house. And she's like, Yeah, I really can't explain it. It was just it was a really weird house. And it really freaked me out. But nothing happened. And I was like, What does that mean? And then when I was like, can I do you still have contact with your former roommates? And she's like, oh yeah. And I said, can I talk to them? Never got back to me after I asked. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would get a lot of those things. Or like another couple said, well, we were never there. This is one of the weird ones. They said, well, we were never there. So if something was going on, we would have never known. And I said, what do you mean? You rented a house and you were never there. And and she was like, yeah, we were just never there. And then she explained. She goes, however, our cats went so crazy in the house. And she, you know, I had her go into detail. She's like, it went evil. Like our cat went from being like the sweetest cat ever to being so evil that we had to get rid of it because it was shredding everyone and it wouldn't come out and it was just hiding and then it would attack people. So, which is so sad, but so so what I mostly got from people, I never got like a hard, like, no, nothing's ever happened. I had one person like go off on me and be like, how did you find out I lived in that house? I'm not answering any of your questions, like really mad. I had someone else say, um, we don't want to talk about our experiences. Yeah, but nobody was ever like, oh, I lived there. Nothing happened. Everybody just was, if they didn't want to talk about it, they just had weird ways of saying like, yeah, the house really freaked me out, (laughs) but I don't want to talk about that. People
1: do react differently to having experiences. I have a family member who told me like the most intense story, one of the most, I shouldn't say the most, one of the most intense stories I've heard And I was like, hey, this is amazing. Do you mind coming on the podcast? Because that's what started the conversation, right? About his experience. And he was like oh yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not not sharing it. I was like, okay, well, I wish you well, my friend. Goodbye. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, come yeah. on.
3: And I get that all. The, and when I was working on that, it's surprising how many no's I got and how much, you know, for the people that were willing, and I'm grateful for everyone who was willing to come on the show, um, even for the people that would message with me, you know, they wanted to kind of never mention people's names and were very, and I get it. You sound like a lunatic. Right. If you don't believe in this stuff and somebody hears you and you've got a boss and they like go on and they listen, you sound like a crazy person. So I yeah. mean, it takes a certain amount of courage to put out into the world. Because like I said, I have so many people I know who don't believe in this stuff. And um, to come out and just go, this actually happened, you know, you can feel how you want to feel about it. I can only tell you about my experience and take away what you will. Um, thankfully, though, most of the skeptics in my life by the end of this podcast are like, so I hate to admit, it, I might have to kind of believe in ghosts now because... <laughs> You know, like you got so much evidence, they're like there's really no disputing what you have. And I said, well, that's sure. up to you, you know,
1: one thing that was brought up on your Instagram and obviously your podcast too. And I don't know how much you want to go into it. Cause I know sure. you don't want to, you know, lay out all your spoilers for your, for your podcast on here, but so you did find out some history on the home, right? Did that give you some answers to what may have encouraged this supernatural experience?
3: You know, the history I was originally told would have answered all the questions Um, and it all made sense. You know, it was like a horror movie. It was like, oh, I can't. Now we know. And then when I started working with a historian, I found out that whole story was not true. Mm -hmm. And what Mm -hmm. I came to learn is that if a home is truly haunted for real in like a community, rumors begin to circulate. Yeah, yeah. you know urban legends and folklore so a good reason that i realized this house really was haunted was a lot of people know about this house like in the neighborhood na- like in the community just people know of the house and everybody has different stories for it and things of that mm-hmm. like what actually happened and even former tenants i spoke to they had stories they heard which are not accurate um so you know i found out all this history but in the end what i realized that i think whatever's there I think it was two parts. I think it was there already. And I think that, you know, if you listen to the podcast, what's in the basement, I think somebody brought this thing or gave it extra power and it kind of, you know, gave it what it needed.
2: With it being there already, like before the house was built, you think there was some kind of entity
3: (laughs) So I had a psychic come on. And what was interesting is that when he came on, so my story, he didn't know anything about it, but he's like talking to me and all of a sudden out of nowhere, he's kind of like, wait, I'm getting something. And what's weird is he described a part of my dream that he would have never known about the entity. And he described an essence, like a part of it. And I thought, well, that's crazy. And he Was it the
2: teeth falling out part? No, it had like this.
3: Yeah, no, it was its (laughs) hair. It had really long hair. And he was describing how the hair looked and how it moved and stuff. And I just thought, how does, how does he know, you know, like, yeah. and, he is, and he started describing something that he couldn't have known. So I just was like, mm-hmm, listening to him talk. And then he was like, what I'm seeing, he's like, that isn't human. And he's like, I, I he goes, I, I hate to agree with every, you know, what everyone's saying, but, um that's like a demon. He's like, I'm not seeing a human being or a spirit or anything. He's like, that's, this is not good. And then he was like, what I get is that it was part there on the land prior to the house even being like his sense was, it was attached to the land, not necessarily the house. And then I think what, what was done in the basement is probably was like a beacon for this thing to come in
2: is what was done in the basement. A, a spoiler to the no, I can talk about podcast. that. So <laughs> yeah, I'd so love when we to first
3: know. so when we first moved in, and I won't say what it is because I figured out what it was much later, thanks to more interviews. But um, when we first moved in, as I mentioned, the landlords didn't really want us to go in the basement, and mm-hmm. I thought, well, shit, I want to see the basement. Like this house has got a basement, mm-hmm. and we opened the door, and it was like something from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was just like, really, we're going down there, mm-hmm. and it had these crickety old steps. And like half the basement kind of had not quite concrete. I don't know how to explain it. It was just poorly done. The yeah. walls were all old stone and, and mud. And the other half of the basement was literally kind of like mud and gravel. We turn around the, the corner to look and there's what we assumed is like satanic graffiti on the wall and we yeah and now when we what
2: did it look were there like symbols that mm -hmm. you had recognized yeah
3: and it was old and I remember that I don't think when they took us down there when we were seeing the house we didn't get to see it then because they kind of kept us from looking and Mm. I think we went down again later when we moved in and me and my roommates were like what the shit is that? And my my one roommate who doesn't believe in anything is like, that was like demon stuff. I don't even know what that is, but that is what is that all over the wall? My friend who's a huge skeptic at the time was like, I don't know what that is. And um and and I remember just like I knew because I was already starting to experience stuff, and I was just like, I think like that's not good. Like, you know, and this is before ghost shows were on TV. This is before the internet was what it is now. So we didn't really also have a good way of figuring out what we were looking at, you know, but we could tell looking at it, like I've seen enough movies like Rosemary's baby or other stuff to be like, that is not just like some sort of like random graffiti that looks like hmm. some kind of symbol symbols, you know, like where they
2: like, like, like pentagons, pentagons or, or pentagrams no yeah. it was different pentagons. than that.
3: <laughs> pentagons there were pentagons everywhere <laughs> No, that's
2: cia <the laughs> shit <laughs> you got a bigger problem
3: no it was like um and, and it was really great because when i got to interview more people we went over it more i it, it helped me to recall um but it was a large circle and it had like these things coming out of it with like almost like Lines and then symbols in the lines, and then like something faint in the center. And it was like crudely done. This wasn't like a really expert, like, you know, we're going to do some great Satanist, like occult stuff down here. Yeah. Like, no
2: Banksy of Satanists. No
3: Banksy. (laughs) This was no Banksy. You know, this was just like more like Blair Witchy. Like, it looked like somebody came in and it it made it almost scarier. Cause if it was like a really good pentagram, I'd be like, oh, some metalheads were down here, like doing like playing music or something. But the way that it was done on the wall, like it looked like something you would see from some weird witch in like the 1600s or something. Like it looked extra creepy the way it was done. It was like so crudely done and the symbols were so strange. And um, and I just remember that when we finally all saw it, we were like, yeah, let's never come down here again. Like never come down here.
1: Yeah, we'd love to get um, one final pitch for our audience, you know, where they can find your podcast, and why they should check it out. I definitely want to continue listening to it kind of now knowing more about it. That sounds awesome and (laughs) horrifying.
3: Well, yes, thank you. So, uh yes, you can find it. It's called The Chilling Podcast. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, just about everywhere else you listen. And um, it's it's all eyewitness testimony, interviews with experts like demonologists and parapsychologists and psychics and many more. And it's a very scary story, but I've also mixed in a lot of folklore and a lot of history to try to kind of again Just kind of bring home all the things that make us scared and makes this stuff interesting. So it's kind of, you know, like a scary, scary, long story. It's 13 parts. And I've heard from a lot of people, there are sections that you're like, oh, this is easy listening. And then I've had—I actually had somebody drive off the road. They were listening in their car at a certain scene, and they weren't expecting it. And they actually drove their car off the ro- road. So do be warned that it might go from being like, "Oh, this is a sweet narration. And it's a ghost story." To all of a sudden going, "Holy shit, that's really scary!" I got really
1: um, nervous that you were going to say drive <laughs> off a cliff. I was like, Oh, "No, my just God. on a road."
3: Somebody was driving on the road, and they said they got so scared they accidentally like, drove off the road. Yeah. I've had other people listening. Oh I had somebody listening. I guess they said they were in a grocery store, and they didn't realize a really scary part was coming up and they accidentally screamed at the top of their lungs in the grocery store so again it's it's a good mix of everything and again i also do try to just prove is it haunted is it not what else could it be is it a ghost is it a demon was it something else but by the end i'll let you make up your own mind when you give it a listen
1: well with that i'm noah daniels i'm jj
3: i'm lindsey Brisbane. Ooh. Yeah!
2: <laughs> <laughs>